We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to KFS Study Hall. My name is Sean for W. For those in the space, the song I just played was Let Me Know by Cameron. And if you don't, if you don't know, you know how every NBA team has its own hashtag. The hashtag for the Cleveland Cavaliers is let them know for this year. And every time I see that, I think of this song and I say to myself, why is Cleveland using, why is Cleveland using a camera song as their hashtag? And the funny thing is in the beginning of the, like they're playing, they're playing New York music in the, in the before tip off during timeouts, whatever. I'm like, yo, either they're trying to troll or they're just, I don't know what's going on, but listen, man, Big, 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 big win on Saturday night. You see the title of the space. One down, three to go. Shout out to C.T. Pittman. Shout out to Robert Cross. Kevin Danishevsky. It was good to meet you last night at the KFS watch party. Um, I also got to meet Schwinnie Poo for the first time. I'm going to post a picture of that in a minute. Uh, Alex, shout out to you. Good to see you on the... Town Hall on Thursday night, I believe that was. Um, yeah, man, I'm patiently waiting for my co-host Chris Persian to show up. I'm sure he'll be here any second now. Um, but listen, man, last night, last night was so. I will start with. Where should I start? Where I don't even know where to begin. Like I had notes, I just decided not to use them. I'm like, so actually, you know, what I'll start with the the our esteemed Jonathan Macri had a tweet. He had a poll. I'll see if I can find the poll and post it in the jumbotron for uh, everyone to check out. But basically, it said, "Was Josh Hart's." There was a Josh Hart three in the fourth quarter, the biggest sh- shot in, in for the Knicks since 1999. And 
when he said that, I think it was John. I'm trying to find it. Uh, yes, here it is. Uh, with a Joshua three-point to give New York back to lead the biggest shot by Knicks since 1999. So far, as of right now, they're 77% say yes. And the funny thing is, at first I thought it was hyperbolic, but I thought about it and I said, damn it, he might be right. <laughs> because I'm like, yo, what has been a bigger shot? I mean, there's no regular season shot. And, and you know, like, but the Carmelo into the Easter game? No, like, that's the playoff shot. And obviously, we haven't had a lot of playoff success. We haven't had a lot of playoff appearances this century. So there was nothing in 2021, obviously. Twenty anything in twenty thirteen? Mm, I mean, Mello in Game Six against Boston to close the series out, but uh not really. Um, and then, like, yeah, it really might be ninety nine, uh, which is a testament to what this fan base has dealt with. By the way, while I while I um while I filibuster for Chris. I'm going for a little bit of a tangent. Um, I was in a space earlier today. Who spaces did a space on this morning? Shout out to him. And there he was reviewing all the games. And then they got to the Nets and the Sixers. And the Nets fans in there were apoplectic. And the way they're talking, they were like, I don't know what's going on. We should be better than this. Why well, don't like this game was for this game's available? I don't like the Linus, whatever. And I'm sitting there saying to myself, "You clowns have no chance in this series. What are you talking about?" And they're like, "No, but we got to be competitive." And then they start talking about this is Nets fans. This is like if you're not a Nets fan, you don't understand this pain. You don't understand what we've been through. And I said, "Wait, wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute." You people, I guess I mean you people, were born on third base in 2019 and thought you hit a triple. And you thought that was the going to be the uh, you thought that was going to be the standard. And now when it's not, you have no like you. You don't know how to deal with it. Don't tell me about pain and misery and torture. No, no, no. And there's one fan base I do not want to hear a freaking uh, anything about um, pain and suffering. It's those people who laughed at us for four years. No, I don't want to hear that. But anyway, um, I'm going to text Chris because I don't know where Chris is because I was just talking to him. Um, so listen, if anyone wants to come up to the stage, you can just raise your hand. We can start now. I mean, listen, we could we could discuss anything you want about the game, your outlook for the series going forward, um, what you thought about the game last night. I mean, while so feel free to raise your hand. And while you wait for callers, I'll just say this. Um, okay, first of all, I will I will post uh, from Robert Cross on the Jumbotron. <coughs> Shout out to Arius. There is, hold on, there is Mr. There is Chris. Okay, hold on a second. There he is. Let me bring him up. Um, so the, the boss, Robert Cross, says, if you don't know, now you know we are stronger, we are deeper, we are better. Nixon 5, hashtag 53 wins. And I think that is a perfect segue to introduce my partner, my co-host, the Knicks beat reporter for Fordham University. 
and the voice of women's basketball for the Fordham University Rams, Chris Persianen. Chris, how are you doing today? Hey, hey what's going on? Was nice to see you and many others um, at the KFS event. That was cool. Uh, I hope everyone's feeling good today, ready to talk some hoops. Uh, obviously, the best time of year to talk hoops. You know, I've got, you know, I, I finally, uh, my parents got a new TV finally, like for the first time in 10 years. So I took the old one to college with me. Um, so now I have two screens here. So I, I've got, you know, we had the Yanks on one, the Lakers Grizzlies on the other. Now we'll do the Mets on the other. Like, it's just a great sports day today. So hope everyone's enjoying it. Um, and obviously we've got a great Nick game to talk about. So excited. Yeah, man. So what were your, so obviously, like you said, we were at the game, we watched the game together at, uh, Penn six last night. Again, shout out to everyone who, who showed up. Um, and we were talking back and forth me, you and Schwinn throughout the game. Um, but curious to now that you've had a, 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 a night and almost a day, almost 24 hours to digest. I don't know if you got to watch it again. I didn't get to rewatch it again. I want to, I plan to, um, but what was your outlook on the game? What stood out to you the most? Um, well, what stood out to me the most was the fact that the Knicks, I've all, you know, my thing, I always say three things about playoff basketball. Number one, the game slows down. Randall Brunson built for that. Congrats. Number two, the court shrinks. Don't, doesn't matter why Randall and Brunson's shot making. They're tough shot making, particularly. Oh my God. AD's going to the locker room. Okay. Um, Jesus. Uh, uh, Rule number three, every possession matters more. So you can't be turnover prone, but you also have to be getting turnovers or creating more possessions for yourself. The Knicks apply in that regard with their offensive rebounds. So I thought the Knicks were, you know, their ground and pound style was really built for the playoffs. And then my golden rule for playoff series, which I, I stole from from Ricky G, if you know him um, on Twitter here, J. Richard Goodman, one of my favorite follows always. Um always says, you know, a playoff series doesn't start until a road team wins a game. For the Knicks to go and win game one against a fully healthy Cleveland team, uh, you, you know, the smart Cavs fans, the fanalists, the writers, they're talking about rotation changes. They're talking about, oh, well, do we have to bench Rubio and bring in Lamar Stevens? It sounds like, you know, the Knicks fans two years ago clamoring for Peyton to, to be benched. And it's like, when you're so on the wheels after game one, it's a good sign for the other team you're already thinking about removing guys from your playoff rotation that you literally waived players off the roster to create this playoff rotation. You know, Kevin Love does indeed play in Miami now. Um, Lamar Stevens, Chetty Osmond, Ricky Rubio, you know, guys with varying levels of involvement for that team. Um, and like, I saw someone, you know, smart on the timeline. I mean, like, I hope that's the last we saw Rubio all series. That's like, yeah, that guy made their playoff rotation. And now, they don't want to see him play at all. So, you know, if you are a Nick fan, I think that has to be encouraging for you. Um, as you know, as, as someone who, you know, really got to ask the team about their mindset going into the playoffs, it was, it was, uh, interesting to see how they approach the adversities and, you know, like Hart, like, uh, you know, Stefan Bonnie tweeted this earlier, like Hart was limping after the game, um, must've like, you know, something with his ankle or whatever, like it was sore. And so, um, uh, this the it's just a fighting team. Yes. Oh my god, Jared. Jer- oh my god. 
If you are watching Lakers Grizzlies in all time half court heave just went up. Jarrett Jack is somewhere smiling right now that he no longer has the worst full, full court shot. My roommate and I just lost it. He's trying so hard not to laugh because he knows I'm on the show. Sorry, guys. You have to. All right. Um, it's, you're hilarious. It wasn't that crazy. Dude, it was bad. It, flew, it was 10 feet over the backboard. It looked like a field goal. One arm. All right, Chris, focus. Focus. I think to take a game on the road is everything. It's the golden rule of a series. It is what that that's when a series starts, and you know, um, just the physicality. Like that, that was the biggest thing that 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 came away to me was even with Brunson on the bench, even yada yada, they looked physical. So you know, everything going into the series, you know, tie it all back. Like their outlook going into the series, how they looked in game one, how they dealt with the adversities in game one, that kind of trifecta of, of things just looks really good for them right now. Yeah, man. I mean. Like you said, the series doesn't begin until the role team wins the game. So I guess we have a series now. Um, like, Julie, like Julie, like you know what's funny? I'll I'll say this, and then again, if you want, if you want some, if you have something to say, please uh, raise your hand and bring you up to the stage. Uh, we want to, we want to hear from you. We know there's energy. We've seen the timeline all day. People are hyped. People are hyped last night, this morning. Please come on up. Um, for us to for us to have RJ and Julius combined to shoot nine of thirty-two, uh, because RJ uh Julius was seven of twenty, RJ was two of twelve. IQ had to hit the same amount of field goals as I did. Uh Quentin Grimes hit one shot and it was a three on it was, it was a bank shot three. Uh, and just, I say this because it's hilarious watching all the um, the the Cleveland people cope and say like, "Oh, we took their best shot, and they only want me." And it's like they, they can't play any better. I'm like, "Yo, bro, are you come on, man! Like, what? Like, you think that's our best shot? That's our best shot? No, nah, listen, there's a lot to go. And I, I, I'll say this, and we'll bring this up now. And then we'll get to Kevin Danishevsky. Um, well, let's let's get this out the way. Um, Ron Alexander Barrett Jr. I the the polarization of RJ's game last night was hilarious because some people thought he was absolutely god awful, terrible, didn't do anything right, needed to be benched, what have you. And some people are like, "Yo, he had a great game. Yes, he didn't shoot well, but he did a lot of things." And, and listen, the, the truth is somewhere in the middle. Um, he he like you could tell. Like I said it, I said it last week. I said RJ. I said it. Um, I said it on live from the Mac earlier this week. I said RJ has to make the right decision. Like he has to make the the the, the right basketball decision. He has to make the right play, and you could see that he was doing that because you could see, listen, the assists, six assists, four steals. He was making the right pass, what have you, but. He just couldn't hit shots. Uh, and like the first three he took, he missed most from the corners. I didn't mind. It's a corner. It's an open corner three. The second one for the wing, I didn't like. And then, I mean, yeah. So the truth is somewhere in the middle. That's what RJ, that's what RJ was like. Do we win this game without him? Probably not, but we're going to need better um, from him. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all 
Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, Knicks fans? Power up for springtime with Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Get nutritious, chef-prepared meals delivered straight to your door, leaving you time and energy to tackle everything on your to-do list. Get Factor and not only skip the trip to the grocery store, but skip the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy. No matter what your lifestyle, Factor has the meals to help you live it to the fullest with keto, calorie-smart, vegan veggie, and protein-plus meals on the menu each week. Prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, each meal has all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long. With 34 chef-prepared, dietitian-approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of more than 36 quick bites, smoothies, juices, and more satisfying add-ons. Looking to cut back on takeout? Get Factor instead. Not only is Factor cheaper, but meals are ready quicker than restaurants delivery. Just two minutes. Also, eating vegan or veggie is a snap with Factor. Each meal has all the ingredients you want and nothing you don't. And if you're looking to mix it up, you can add a protein to your vegan and veggie meals each week. Get Factor and enjoy clean eating without the hassle. Simply choose and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. Don't hesitate. Head to factormeals.com slash filmschool50 and use the code filmschool50 to get 50% off your first buy. Again, that's factormeals.com slash filmschool50 to get 50% off your first box. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Um, all right, let's get to the callers. Kevin Danishevsky, again, it was good to meet you yesterday. Uh, how are you and what do you have for us? Really good to meet you, Sean, in um in person. It's like uh feelings mutual. That was that was a lot of fun. Uh funny seeing clips of me laughing like uh, maniacally, um like a hyena, um, as the Knicks. Uh I, I, I didn't I, I think the reason why um that reaction is is obviously one, it was a couple drinks in, but two, I am not someone who expected the Knicks to win this series. I had the Cavs in six. And it was always more about my. It was. It was. It was. I, I, in fact, like if they had faced Philly or Boston, I might have been the one who who would who gone crazy. Who would have gone crazy into Nixon seven or something like that. But I have a lot of respect for this Cavs team. In fact, I still think that if they beat us, I think they. My hot take is that they can push Milwaukee to seven. Um, I really like. I. I. Uh, I think that like if there are 
two bigs, I know we didn't really see much of it yesterday, but if there are two bigs who are are suitable to guard Giannis, no one is really suitable to guard Giannis, but if there are two bigs in the league as suitable to guard Giannis, it would be uh, Allen and Mobley. Um, so I still have a lot of respect for that Cleveland team. Um, something that I uh, was thinking about, uh, obviously, great game from Jalen Brunson. Um, it was, it, I think the Osmond Okoro trade-off is going to be fascinating. I want to see how much they're using Danny Green, if at all, uh, and how effective Danny Green is um, if, they, if they decide to put him on Brunson eventually. Um, and um, I... So I had two questions for y'all. Um, one I asked Sean yesterday, but I wanted to elaborate on and get your full take. And then two, um, I asked John in the post game, and I was going back and forth with him a little bit in uh, the in my DM, in uh, the DMs. But um, so number one, in terms of biggest wins in the last twenty five years, I wonder if you guys are putting this over the Hawks game too. Now, my roommate and I were discussing this earlier where in a vacuum, I think this is the bigger win, but considering the context of not having won a playoff game in eight years of being in MSG um, at the time, it's like, the feeling of it was different. Of course, for me personally, being around, you know, screaming Knicks fans, whereas I was just in my, I was, whereas being in my room um, was v- a very different feel. Um, and so, um, but I, I still personally put ga- the game too, just because of the context and the weight that that game felt had at the time. Um, um, and then number two, I so I think in terms of Knicks coaches, there's a pretty clear top four in no particular order. It's Joe Lapchick, who got to the finals a couple times in the 50s, Red Holtzman, who's probably number one, obviously two championships, Pat Riley, Jeff Van Gundy. And then where I think Tibbs is right now is I think he is jockeying posi- with, for position with Rick Patino, who had a very messy exit had two unsuccessful seasons, but in one of his seasons, they won 50 games and um, won a playoff series. So this all goes to say, is Tom Thibodeau a top five Knicks coach of all time? Um, and where would you, and um, yeah, so I'll let you answer. Um, I mean, I don't like to discuss people that I never saw play or coach. So, like, now with that being said, I'm going to say Red Holzman, the greatest Knicks coach of all time. I mean, like, we have two championships in 76 years, and he was a coach of both of them. Um, but I mean, like, since I started watching this, since I started watching, and I think the first, like, the first Knicks coach I remember is, and I wasn't a fan of the team at the time because I didn't really follow basketball, but I remember Stu Jackson. And then after Stu Jackson was John McLeod, and then after John McLeod was, I feel like there was somebody between him and Riley, or maybe he went right to Riley. I don't remember. Um, it might have been from McLeod to Riley. Um, so I would have Riley over Tibbs. I would have Van Gundy over Tibbs. And I guess what it comes down to is like, 
Who do you have? Do you have um, Mike Woodson or Tom Thibodeau? Because I actually remember getting into this discussion with Cedric Shine um, maybe like a, a year ago, like who's better, Tibbs or Woodson? And I actually said at the time, Tibbs, and he said Woodson. Um, I think I would put Tibbs above Woodson, um, which is part kind of unfair because Tibbs, um, Woodson, he had the half, he had the, you know, the half of the season after what's he got, he had, he had two and a half seasons. He had the half a season when Dan Tony quit. Um, then he had a 54 win season and then followed up with a 37 win season. Then he was fired. Um, whereas if, it was funny because Tom Thibodeau had a not a fifty-one win season, but a forty-one wins, forty-one wins in a seven in a seventy-two win season in a seventy-two game season, and then he had a thirty-seven win season. Um, but he got the chance to follow up with his, and maybe if we, maybe if they let Woodson hang around, I don't know if it changes or whatever. Um, so I would have him for the coaches I've seen. He's definitely third. Um, and yeah, he's definitely third. Chris, what about you? Yeah, I would say um, it's very tough to do this like live. You know, it's like how when there's a game on, they take away the finals MVP odds for a lot of guys because, you know, they, <laughs> they're changing live based on the performance. They don't want people sniping it before someone drops a 40 bomb, you know, whatever it is, right? And like, uh, it's tough while we're in a playoff series that could be pivotal to, you know, Thibodeau's resume here in New York to like not you know, obviously we're up one one nothing, which is uh, you know the, the side we're talking about here. Knicks are up one nothing, so it's easy to get excited and quick. But I I did feel like he coached really well. Um, in in last night's game, I also don't know that one well coached playoff game has me ready to be like, well, you know, the five poorly coached ones just, uh, that, that never really happened. Right guys. You know, you know, like I can't, all right. Like we're at one out of six now, you know, and I think we'll get to two out of seven and three out of eight and four out of nine. I think Thibodeau will, will coach these games well, but if he coaches, if the Knicks sweep this series, you know, that means he's at still at more poorly coached playoff games than well coached. Right. And that's like, I'm not saying that has to be the only barometer, but I, that's me, my way of making the point of like, let's slow down. Um, I would, if I had to put a number on it right now, you know, on the edge of the the, the pirates plank and I, I got to give you a, a number or jump. I would say he's definitely like, he's a hundred percent locked for the top 10 conversation. I think a playoff series win here would cement him in the top 10. And then, you know, continued success would really would, would make people who already have him at six or seven look right because um, he'd deserve it then. And, and you know, maybe he, he could finish five or six. But I also think that, you know, that would require a couple more years. I, I think uh, save for a really spectacular run this season that seems to be fueled by the coaching, um, it's tough when, when we know how many of – the decisions that led to this rotation, the team being where it is now, you know, we're, we're not the coaches. Um, and that like, you know, two, one, one well-coached season, one really poorly, like league worst coach season. 
And now another well-coached season that started terribly until the front office stepped in. Like how much of that can you be like, well, we'll just wipe away the two bad years, two years, two years worth of bad coach. And you know, like, I think he's a good coach. I think the fact that he's looked so bad in New York under certain circumstances also can serve as, as you know, a point of reflection. You know, there's lots of factors here. I, I would go top eight right now. Um, I would understand if someone wouldn't. I would go top eight. Um, with Chris, who would you have him behind other than the four I mentioned? Um, I would have Woodson. Uh, and, right. And, and uh, not that I know... A whole lot, but I have done a lot of nerdy next history reading. Um, so I, I would say, uh, if you wanted to give you know Rick that edge, uh, okay. Um, I think it's it's like a matter of cementing it with an actual playoff series win. You know, I think one zero in a series where they were the five seed against the four seed isn't enough for me to be like, whoa. This is legacy changing stuff. Do you want to talk uh, about my whole? Thing. My, the thing is. Rick Pitino and Woodson both had, like, no offense to Jalen Brunson, but players, like, in, in terms of that time, at that time in the NBA, right above, Jaylen, uh, above the caliber of anything that we have right now. And Pitino had two really poorly coached seasons. Like, there's a 36 season in there, and I think there's a season in the 20s. Um, and- oh, oh and, and Riley. Uh, yeah, of course, Riley. Yeah, obviously. Um, so, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm also curious to hear what your, uh, your 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 answer is: is whether in a vacuum, whether you guys would take the Hawks win, um, or like with the gravity of the Hawks or the, the win, or uh, the gravity of this this last game. I'm just thinking about Hubie Brown having a first round series win. <laughs> you know, oh, like, I forgot. I forgot about Hubie. Honestly, Hubie Brown beat the Nets in the first round, but then they were swept by the eventual champion. Um, and then they got another first round win the next year. So by if Thibodeau being up one nothing in the first round has a, no, you, yeah, Hubie, I forgot about Hubie. If, if Thibodeau being up one nothing in the first round as a five seed has us ready to put him in a, in this conversation, I think Brown is in the conversation. I think you've got. Uh, you know, you you brought up Holzman and uh, Riley and uh, and Lapchick, right? Then you've got Van Gundy, you've got Patino, Woodson, Brown. So what are we at? Seven. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think that's right. So, so I, I, I wouldn't. Said, but- I said Thibodeau was top eight. I'd put him top eight right now. Yeah, that still adds up for me. All right, what was your question then? Sorry, I got so I the up. gravity of the Hawks game two win, and just like what, or and just in terms of like a bigger win, whether that that's and I think they're both they're different conversations, and I understand that. But the game two win against the Hawks or uh, this win right or this win uh, this uh, yesterday. Uh, I was really open about. Sorry, sorry, Sean. I know you're usually first, but I'll be quick here. Um, yeah, I was, take your t- take your time, brother. I it's, was re- I was really open after that game too about saying I'm in on Randall being effective in the playoffs one day, but as the head of the snake, it won't work. And the, 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 today's game two backed that up, and everyone was like, "What? What do you mean? He looked great." Blah, blah. And I was like, "Only in transition when Trey Young was missing three pointers." 
long shots, create long rebounds, create transition opportunities. And Julius Randle was picking them apart in transition because he's a 6'9", 255, pass, shoot, dribble forward. Like, cool stuff. Um, that's why he's better than someone like Collins. That's why he's better than, you know, a lot, a lot of power forwards in the league. Um, but the fact that he could only thrive in transition and not in the half court told me that even, you know, McMillan would understand to slow the game down and just focus on Randall and that things would go well for them. And that's exactly what happened. Derek Rose ended up coming out as the team's second best shot creator that series. Is it a hot take to say Todd Gibson was the third best Nick that series? I, I, I mean, I, I just, that was a, that win had the feel of, it had the flavor of the 2013 Knicks being unsustainable without the actual unsustainability. You knew the Knicks had draft picks. You knew they had cap flexibility, this, that, and the third. Um, this win was against a much better team uh, by a much better Nick team than, you know, if you had to rank the four teams, I'd say this year's Knicks, number one, this year's Cavs, number two, um, that year's Hawks, number three, that year's Knicks, number four. You know, like I think these are the two better teams out of the four involved in the the two series we're talking about, I think this win is definitely more important. It also came on the road as opposed to at home. Sean? Um, in terms of, okay, so in terms of the game, so I see where you're coming from, Kevin, in the sense of what that game meant in terms of where the city was, you know, coming out of COVID and everything like that. And that was like the second, that was the second game of fans, the first playoff win in eight years. Um, the alley up to top. The alley up to see alley up to top in the quickly heat check. I uh, quickly heat check happened in game one, but there was a game two on that. No, quickly wasn't good. Quickly was not good. That I swear the there was a single deep three, just one. It was like a couple plays before the top and lob. Am I making this up? I don't think so. Yeah, well, I'm gonna look into it. <laughs> um. You know what it comes down to? It comes down to the, it's the it's sustainability. It's like that team, like we expect that team to beat the Hawks, but then we didn't expect them to go any further. Like we did not expect them to beat Philly, you know, at the time, although knowing what we know now, Jesus Christ. Um, but since this is sustainable, and we need like this is a this is a this is a you know, people say a dark horse, ECF contender, what have you. Um this might be, I will say the 2013 game, but it's more because of the off off the court aspect of it and the, what it meant in terms of, you know, the city getting back together. But like that, you know, that Josh Hartley reminded me of if, okay, this is, this is a somewhat terrible analogy because the shot I'm comparing it to literally helped them win. It'll help this team win a championship, but the run our test three in 2010 Game seven against Boston, where is he was open and you're like, eh. and it went up and you're like, eh. and then, well, although that shot was like more like that was the greatest no 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 yes shot and like because where I compare them to is because once that shot went in, I was like the Lakers gonna win this game, and then once Josh Hart, well, don't that Josh Hart shot went in, I was like, yo, that might that we might we should win this game now. Um and shout out to Mensa, him and I, we were discussing in the KFS group chat, like Josh Hart can't be 
he has to let it fly. Like he cannot Ben Simmons the button. Um, and there was one play where I forget who did. I forget who I forget who passed him the ball, and he had the layup, and he didn't go. He didn't go up for it. And I was like, mm, he can't do that. So I'm glad he took that shot up. Like it's against this against this team in this series. If you have an open throw, you take that shit every single time. Take it, take it, take it. So um, I will say, so I'll say 2013, but this is a close second. But in terms of shot, this is the biggest shot. That's the biggest shot since 99. I don't think that's for, I don't think that's for debate because now, even if we lose game two, uh, three of the next five games are in New York. The Knicks can literally win every home game and go and, and win the series. So uh, thank you, Kevin, as always. Uh, anyone else, if you have anything to say, feel free to raise your hand, come up to the stage. If you want, if you have something to say, but you can't join the stage, leave a comment in the chat in the lower right-hand corner, with the, the little purple, uh, the little purple chat, chat button, and we will read it. Shout out to the chat gang. It looks like we do have a comment in the chat. It's from Johan Peter. Shout out to Johan. Um, it says, these guys been through so many ups and downs, dramatic moments. It pays off now. They look so prepared and ready for this Nixon 5. Listen, I'm going to give Nixon 5. That is, so as far as I'm concerned, Mensa was on that first. Mensa had been saying that since March. Late Feb, like when it looked like as soon as it looked like our our possible, our most likely opponent was going to be the mat, the maps, the Cavs. Mensa Smith has been Nixon five, Nixon five, Nixon five, Nixon five, Nixon five. Um, so much that like if the Knicks win this in five games, we may change our name to Nixon five film school. Um, and just let Mensa control the account and become a parody and make it a parody account for twenty four to forty eight hours. Um. Chris, well, you're now, Chris, your original um, suggestion prediction was Cavs in seven. Do you and for to be fair, I said Knicks in six. If they don't win in six, Cavs will win in seven. Um, are you still on Cavs in seven or from, does, has it changed by what oh, you see? That, that was on the last study hall because I thought Randall was not going to be you know ready for game one. That was the reporting like the day of the episode or whatever. So. Uh, before the series started, the like you know a couple hours before the game, I tweeted out Nixon six. Um, if Randall looks like not good, then give me the Cavs in six. But Randall came out, looked fine. He was moving well, so Nixon six is is my prediction. Um, and I'm going to stick with that. Okay, I, I'm sticking with Nixon six. I'm not going to move. Um, although I heard something, I heard someone earlier today say. Uh, the Donovan Mitchell stinker game is coming. And because I mean, by law of average, it has to, you just can't keep scoring 35, 40 points a game, every single game. Um, but if that happens next game, Ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. Um, come on callers. Where are you? Listen, I seen y'all. What? Listen, Robert Cross, get, get your ass up here. I seen you wilding on the timeline all day. And last night, I see, like, listen, man, where's the energy? Are y'all sleeping? You're hungover? Come on, man. Um, what do the Knicks do? Actually, I have a question, uh, Chris, and then you can speak about anything you want. What do the Cavs do about Isaac Okoro? Because 
<laughs> we were like, well, first of all, I want to give a shout out to everyone uh, in Cleveland media and in NBA media who who decided that Isaac Okoro um, was like run our test and we're just going to like, like, like just shut down Brunson because he's like, the, I don't know what I don't know. Um, what do they do about Okoro? Because clearly. Uh, what was he? One of seven from the field. I actually have this right here. Uh, excuse me, one of six from the field, all four from three. Only played twenty three minutes. And I mean, we said this like, if Okoro's not hitting threes, he's gonna he can't play. He can't play. And clearly, he didn't hit threes. And I remember the flashing the first three go up, and when it and when it didn't go on, I was like, okay. Um, which reminds me, Emmanuel, quickly, please, please, closing out closeouts on Isaac Okoro. No, um, I listen quickly. I, I think you said it yesterday, Chris. It's like he looked like he was just trying to like prove how good he was, and just th- turnovers and let, getting blown by by Ricky Rubio in the year of our Lord twenty twenty three. Um, like it, it didn't have a good. He didn't have a good game, and I know the Commonwealth of Massachusetts is laughing. It, you know they can keep laughing until um. Mr. Quickly raises the uh, six man of the year trophy, which I hope it's in a week. Um, but um, yeah, Chris, what were your thoughts about the Okoro matchup? The decision to go with Shetty Osmond on, De- on 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 Brunson, which clearly didn't work. But I mean, I don't know what he's going to do. Like, what what's your thoughts there? Oh, I I, I got to say that um, you have to keep. I, I think any team that goes away from a starter after game one is just like going to lose that series. You know, there's not, if you want to adjust in game, sure. But like, if, you know, if you want to start Osmond for a Coro, I think you're asking for trouble. You know, you just need a Coro to, to go like one for two from three for the game. You know, it's like heart in a way. Like he doesn't have to be some sniper. Uh, the difference between them though is that Hart's so good inside and a great finisher, um, and you know he's so strong, so he's you know great at the rim. And and Okoro doesn't have that touch to where you know Okoro looks a little more like Barrett than Hart. If you want to compare with guys in the series, right? And it's like even Barrett is a better shooter, um, better at getting to the rim, probably not better at doing things once there. But like you know. Um, I think that Okoro should still just be the starter, be their guy, uh, let him do what he's you know best at doing, make that his job. Um, they know he's not good enough, right? Like they tried trading for Josh Hart at the deadline. That was something they tried doing. If, I think I said that on here already, so that shouldn't be like a spoiler. But like they offered Okoro and draft capital for Hart. Like they they were aware of Okoro's limitations how they were going to be a problem. Um, and if you're not ready to be a contender the first year you make a a trade like for Donovan Mitchell, then I don't think you should have made that trade. And, you know, the Cavaliers have such a good young core that that's the justification. Oh, uh, we've, you know, they've got Mobley, they've got uh, Garland, but they're going to have to really move this offseason to bolster the bench um, because this is a problem for them. I think the solution is to not try and create three holes by plugging one, you know, like using the batteries of your Xbox controller to 
to power your AC or do it the other way around, whatever the hell. Um, <laughs> you get what I mean. Don't create more problems. Just try to deal with what you've got and just win the series by out-talenting the other team and, and countering well, bringing a good game plan to the table. I don't think that switching up the rotation big time is, is going to serve them well. Um I think Lamar Stevens can play. You know, I think Osmond maybe should should play a little more, a few more minutes than they they were intending going into the series. But those little adjustments, right? Nothing crazy. Like the the Cavs need Evan Mobley to start being physical down low more than they need to switch their rotation. Um, you can watch the when you rewatch the game, Sean. Take note. Use the lens. Throw on a spectacle with a with a tinted lens of Randall was injured. And just watch him box out Mobley every time for free throws or or whatever. Just, just it's insane. He moved out like it's not you know like moved him out the paint. Like no, Randall would be at the free throw line and move Mobley from the paint to out of bounds and then get the rebound. It, it wasn't even like close. Um, and and to have that advantage in the trenches down low, that's where games are won, man. I'll get I'll get football on you. That's where games are won is in those trenches down low and. and you know, you see the size of Mobley and Allen. I think you have to consider the fact that that team was 30th in the league in rebounding since the All-Star break, just as much as you consider their size. You know, eye test and analytics. You got to use both. Absolutely agree. Um, I actually have the Knicks game up now. I'm actually at the part where um he got the little shove from Donovan Mitchell. Um, and he, you know, he did, he did, a, he did, he put his hands up, whatever. And then he made, which I actually thought was the also underrated play of the game was, um, hitting Josh Hart on the uh, backdoor cut. Um, but listen, I'm going to give another shout out to Mensa because the other thing that Mensa said was Julius Randle is going to make <laughs> Evan Mobley's shoulders touch when he, when he puts his shoulder to his chest and the physicality, like he just can't deal with it. To your point, the point that you made, Chris, and then we'll get to some of these questions. Um, they made that trade. The bet was that Mobley would develop into like the guy. And, you know, we were talking about it in the Kevin's group chat, like the, the, um, the over the the hype of our Evan Mobley. Listen, don't get twisted. He's a really good player. He can re- be a really, really, really good player in this league. He could be a great player in this league. But you know, the fact that he's already he's not Kevin Garnett. He's not Tim Duncan. Let's slow down, right? Um, but the bet is that Evan Mobley is the one who takes the leap, and then they and then they have a really strong four guys but the problem is they don't have that they don't have that wing and i didn't even know that they tried to trade with josh Hart, but that makes all the sense in the world now if isaac Accord, like if they can't if they can't fix that wing position if they can't show up that wing position well, if Okoro doesn't improve like they want him to, and you know, hey, listen, let's be fair. Like, let's be care. Let's be let's be fair. Isaac Okoro was a fifth pick in the twenty twenty draft. He so he's in the same draft class as Obi Toppin, and he's young. And maybe he may get he can get, he can get better shooting threes possibly. But if they don't, if they end up having to, like, what's the move going to be if they don't get over the hump for them? Um, so got to keep that in mind. But I do think that, like, as we look forward into the rest of the series, how much longer can they get away with? Like, if Alcaro puts up another stinker, I don't want to say stinker, but if he has a similar 
if he has a similar output in game two, I think you might see Lamar Stevens. Because I actually think there was a there was a time period where the Cleveland Cavaliers were starting Lamar Stevens, even though Okora was healthy, because they like they want to see what they have. Um so uh like this is like but at the same time, do you want to go down to do you want to go down to nothing? Because if they start a coral and we have the same thing, and then it's Chetty Osman again and down to nothing, like the series in all for all intents and purposes should be over. Um, all right. We have two questions. Um, we'll we'll uh, Chris, I'll let you handle one and I'll handle one. Um, I'll read both of them. Let me know which one. Well, actually, you kind of answered this one. This is from Jordan Bob. Shout out to you, Jordan. Do you think the Cavs will start Chetty or Levert in game two? So do do you think so? I know you think that they shouldn't, but do you think they will? Uh, I think you'll see a change in minute distribution that would kind of simulate that on the post game box score, but I don't think the starting lineup itself will change. I I, I agree. I think you'll like you said. Um, Lever will have a, what, if he if Lever's shot is not going in. What is he? Oh yeah, yeah. If Lever if Levert's Lever not hitting shots, he's useless. You know, I hate I hate to sound like the Grinch here, but. Um, I really have a problem with the the unfair hype and expectations to the players that the media likes to lofty loft on guys. Like I remember when Poole was baby Steph last year, and I remember when Levert was baby KD. Uh, you, you know, like why do we do this? Why, why is why is like a community doing because do vibes and because vibes are. Um vibes are vibes and we want to there's a word i'm forgetting the word but we just want we just want to like we want to big up our own players but we 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 want to exalt our players but we, we kind of exalt them too much um yeah i think you'll see like you see like listen if lavers are hitting shots like because we saw this last year in the in the in the eight nine playing game against atlanta down the stretch they go to, they went to him and he wasn't getting it done um i think you're right you'll see like you said, you'll see more. You, Okoro will have a quicker hook um, if he's not if he's not if he's not doing well, and you'll see more Chetty Osmond minutes, and maybe like I said, maybe you'll see Lamar Stevens. Um, another question from Jordan. Thank you, Jordan. Um, how do you think RJ will perform in Game Two? Because we know RJ struggles with consistency. Ah, as I watch Donovan Mitchell jump into the crowd. Um, the thing about RJ is that the scores mentality, the, the 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 star mentality that he has, is what allows him to shake off these bad performances and um and bounce back the next game. I really feel bad for him because part of me thinks he's like I'm not overthinking it, but it's like you know he do, like he doesn't want to be the reason. Like I'm, I listen, I know RJ reads his tweets. I know he reads his mentions because he's a 22 year old kid. They all read their mentions. Um, I think, listen, it was there, the two things that bothered me about RJ yesterday was obviously two or 12. That's no good. Um, and the other thing was there were two puzzle plays that he just didn't make. One was early in the first quarter and one was later in the second half where there was a loose ball. And he just didn't die for, he just didn't make the effort for it. It's like, yo, I need that from you. I need that. Hey, Sean. Yes, definitely. I attribute that. I, I so, it was I the only one who just attributes that to like 
RJ can't make that play right now, rather than like, oh, like you know, he's are, you, are you watching me on that? And I'm not even saying. And in a way, that's Wait, worse. In a way, hold that's on, like, on, Chris. He's hold on, hold on, there, Kevin. Chris, can you not hear Kevin? No, it says he muted. That's maybe that's my. Oh, no, he's he was, can you hear me he now? was talking. Oh, my bad. Oh, oh you're good. Um. You might have to like uh, leave, not let leave, but go down and come back. Yeah, I, I got okay. it. I got it. Little live, <laughs> live, tea, live radio ain't nothing like it. Go ahead, go ahead, Kevin. Um, what was I saying? I was talking about that. RJ diving. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, it felt to me um, more that it was a similar point that I actually made about like, like, like uh, Frank Barrett or uh, Jeff from the Strick. Um, posted about like oh like i thought chetty and i was talking to my roommate about it earlier it's like i thought chetty did a good job on brunson and i don't get why people are giving him shit and it's not that chetty didn't do a good job he was in the right position he bothered brunson but he could he was not able to bother brunson in the way okoro what it was slash is um and not that okoro really did a great job either but Okoro theoretically is the ideal person who you want on Brunson um, because Brunson struggles with length and Isaac Okoro is really long. And um, that's the kind of, that's the kind, whereas Chetty Osman is the kind of defender that Brunson, that Brunson will be rather unbothered by, even if he's in the right position, which he generally was yesterday. So um, yeah, I, I, I don't, I, uh, I I I wonder I, I wonder where uh, I wonder where RJ is physically, and I wonder if that might not be a great sign for a 22 year old, or if that's just like just similar to the Mitch thing last year, where it's like, hey, you need to lose some weight over the off season. So you're saying? So I want to make sure I have this right. You're saying that he didn't dive because he's hurt or because he's too big? Combination. I, I well, I, I I have no idea if he's hurt, but like. He is. Phys- it doesn't matter. He is physically, I, I, physically unable to make that play right. All right. Here's what I'll say. I don't give a. F- you know what? Like, make the effort. Like, if you make the effort and you don't get the ball, that's one thing. But you got to make the effort. Because listen, Julius. I've seen Julius Randle, who's six nine, two fifty, die for loose balls again. Like, so like to me, it's like it's the effort, and that's why. But then again, we, that's why we talk about his defense. And this year, it's like, for me, defense starts with effort. Always has been, always, always has been, always will be. So I just need the effort because you never know what could happen, but you got to try. Like, if you fail, that's one thing. You know, failure happens. You, I can, I have no patience or no rope for people who don't try. So just try. The ball's in front of you. Try. Um, it, it, but it feels like it's like it's almost it, it's 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 almost he just he can't do it right now. It's 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 not. I think it's like a there's 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 a certain physicality to diving on the floor that he just might not be possessed, which is why I'm somewhat. I've always been somewhat more, more sympathetic of RJ the person and i think he's like i'm more 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 certainly more impressed with rj how mature he is and like last year when randall was having a mental breakdown being the one as a 21 year old getting up and answering the questions um rather than than rj the basketball player 
Um, and I don't think RJ, I, 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 I've never thought that like, oh, RJ's dogging it right now. I just think that like, he's not the most physically, like he is not in a How great physically gifted right you have to be to, like, I'm just not understanding this. Like you don't have to be in peak physical state to dive on the floor for a ball. Like that's, I'm, I'm really having a hard time understanding this. Like the ball's in front of you on the floor, go get it. Like, I don't think it's like, well, you know, he's too slow to even get there, Sean, right now. Eh, I, I, he's too slow to even put it. Eh, eh, I, I guess eh, I, I, we can agree to disagree. That's fine. Like I said, I'm not saying that he had to get it, but like the effort has to be there. Like you have to try. That's for me. 